This is BYU Sports Nation, brought to you by the BYU Store, simulcast on BYU-TV and BYU-Radio. Now, from Studio B, here's Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan. What's up, BYU Sports Nation is live, your day-to-day play-by-play in Studio B in Savannah, Georgia. Is that the sacred bro? No, it's Savannah, Georgia. Presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. It is Thursday, November 18th. Thanks for being here. I'm Jerem Jordan in Provo. Spencer, you're in Savannah, Georgia. What? What's good, man? The weather is good, my friend. Uh, temperatures right around 70 degrees. It's a little bit humid, but it is certainly warm, and I'm sure the BYU football players are going to love the pristine conditions they'll be playing in on Saturday. And because I'm in Savannah now, Jerem, I feel like I need to speak with a Savannah accent. Okay. But I haven't worked on it enough, so I'm not, I'm not going to bother you with that. Oh. I just keep thinking about our good friend Andy Bernard from The Office and how he did it, where he talks about it rolls off your tongue like molasses. But I got to work on it, like I said. I got, I got some more work to do. Yeah, it's early. It's Thursday. Uh, we have until Saturday afternoon with the football <laughs> game. It's all good. Okay, here's the show lineup. 3-0 in men's hoops. New expectations? Question mark. Will the Cougars lose a non-conference game? Will overreact. Gregory Bell joins us from Charlottesville, Virginia. It's just people from the Eastern Time Zone today on the NCAA women's soccer second-round game day to break down hoop soccer and, of course, football with Gregor Bell. How long would you wait to start at BYU? Cassidy Smith waited five years to play two. Her deep blue is later in the program. And the cat that wants to join the program not named Cosmo. But first, today's headlines. BYU football, as you can probably tell, in full-on preparation for the Georgia Southern Eagles this Saturday, 4 Eastern, 2 Mountain time. They're in it mentally. Listen to this. You know, I, I know that we're gonna ha- we're gonna get their best. They're coming off of a win. They have some momentum, um, and so we, we have to prepare for their best. And, and and by doing that, we need to make sure that our best shows up. That we do the fundamental things well. There is no mental breakdown from head coach Kalani Satake with Jerem Jordan on the coaches show last night. By the way, BYU defensive back Jacques Wilson has entered the NCAA transfer portal. He's appeared in two games as a BYU Cougar, was not able to play in that memorable 2020 season due to an injury. We wish the best for Jock as he moves on. Women's Hoops beats Arizona State 55-44 as seen on BYU TV and as heard on Kids Day to improve to 3-0 this season, led by 25 points from Paisley Harding. BYU can hold for the final shot in the first half with six and five. Off the screen from Hampson Harding. Another hesitation move. Euro step and a beauty. And she scores it before the halftime buzzer. She's not European, but she looked like it on that play. That was a great play. 25 points for Paisley. She was great. BYU hosts Boise State trying to get some revenge for the football game. Saturday, 4 Eastern on BYU TV. The NCAA Division I Women's Basketball Selection Committee has announced that they will expand the tournament from 64 teams to 68. And now they're just like the men's field. Really, you would think, okay, it's good for BYU, but I think they're gonna be in anyway. But still, this is good for the sport of women's college basketball. The tournament has been at 64 since 1994. The selection show will now happen on Sunday, March 13th. That's interesting. Uh, I think they're going the same day as the men. Um, I kind of like selection Monday, it had its own space, but let's do them both on Sunday, all good. Number 13 ranked and uh, four seed women's soccer plays Alabama. Today in the second round of the NCAA tournament in Charlottesville, Virginia, Cougars are the number three scoring offense in the country at 2.9 goals per game. Alabama's coming off its first ever NCAA tournament win. 
against Clemson. That would have been a good football game a couple years ago. Watch it on ESPN+. Plus. Listen to it on BYU Radio 107.9 FM locally, nationally, on the BYU Cougars app. We want Bama. In soccer, that is. And BYU got them. On to fourth-ranked BYU women's volleyball. They're in Northern California, Stockton specifically tonight at 10 p.m. Eastern time. BYU perfect in the West Coast Conference. They'll put that perfection in the WCC on the line against the Tigers. Remember, as they've done with basically every team in the West Coast Conference, BYU swept Pacific last time they faced them back in September. Baseball announces its 2022 schedule. They're going to play the, uh, you know, the Dodgers, the Yankees. Nope. 52 games in all, 24 at home, 24 road, 4 neutral, 4 Power 5 opponents, 27 West Coast Conference games. Begins February 18th through the 21st at the Snowbird Classic in Port Charlotte, Florida. Why is it called the Snowbird Classic? I have no idea. With games against Ohio State and Indiana State. Looking forward to the baseball season just around the corner. Absolutely. The BYU swim team currently competing in the Dixie Invitational in St. George, Utah. That started at approximately 10.30 a.m. Eastern time, so it's been going a few hours. The dive team, they're competing in Columbia, Missouri at that Invitational. It started today at noon Eastern time. Good luck to all the teams working hard this weekend. So five minutes ago. Nice. All rise and shout. Yeah. It's time for What's Trending. You're talking about it, and so are we. It's What's Trending on BYU Sports Nation. What's Trending is presented by Bodyguards, protection for a life worth living. Learn more at bodyguards.com. BYU men's hoops rolling. What a win Wednesday by 32, 81-49 over number 12, Oregon. Spencer, does the 3-0 start and the win against Oregon change your expectations for BYU men's basketball this season? It certainly has shifted expectations for me. How can it not? You and I laid out our predictions for the season a couple of weeks ago, and we're thinking, all right, BYU might have six or seven losses combined non-conference and in the West Coast Conference, and that's pretty good. That should get them into the NCAA tournament. Now, having beaten three tournament teams from a year ago right in a row to open the season, including just that shellacking at the Moda Center in Portland, it's got me thinking, okay, is, is BYU going to lose a non-conference game? This is crazy. But just by percentages alone, it is so difficult to win at times such a fragile game. When the shots don't go in, I know that BYU's been defending, so they're going to be in every game, but sometimes you just get a bad bounce, you have some bad luck, officials don't call a good game, and it doesn't go your way. So just by percentages and numbers alone, maybe BYU drops the game in South Dakota at Creighton and they have a slip up there. But, Jeremy, I don't, I don't think that BYU is going to lose more than one game in non-conference play. And then if they continue to compete at this level once they get into conference, why would they not be able to sweep St. Mary's and win in Moraga for just the second time ever? I think that this BYU team has a chance to do something really special. And by special, I mean maybe four or five losses only in the regular season. That would be incredible. But because they play defense and they've done so consistently that even when the shots have not fallen, they're winning games and they're beating good teams when shots have not fallen. The shots won against Oregon and we said, hey, when they start to drop, watch out. Well, look what happened against Oregon. I know the Ducks were sleepwalking, but even if they're playing okay, I still think BYU wins that game by eight or 10. It, it just, I'm really impressed. I, I, so my, ex my expectations have maybe gone up a couple of games, a couple of more wins this season. What about you? 
Yeah, I was thinking initially somewhere between a 6 and an 11 seed for BYU. Now I'm thinking, honestly, and this is probably overreaction because what we saw wasn't the average or the mean, it was probably the high, was, wait, is BYU a 4 or 5 seed? The way BYU played in that game was like a 2 or 3 seed or a 1 seed, right? I don't think BYU is going to be a top 3 seed, but I think if this team continues to do what you just outlined, 4 or 5 is not unreasonable. I think that BYU has three or four losses on the schedule at least. Maybe it's still six or seven. I don't know. This team's really good, man. They just played their best game. Now, can they play a better game than they did in that one? I'm not sure, bro. Like, that might have been the best game BYU will play all year. I hope they play a similar game against Gonzaga. The Zags are so good. If BYU beats Gonzaga, you'll shave your head. You know, it's just, it, it would be incredible. Like you said, great defense, rebounding, efficient offense. BYU's ranked 24th in offensive efficiency and defensive efficiency right now. And uh, so they're a top 25 team. They'll be in the top 20 in the AP poll. They're as high as eight with Jeff Goodman. You know, it's just, it's just insane. So the challenge is left in non-conference. At Utah next week, that should still be a win, but that's a place where even the 1920 um, team that was really good lost, right? Um, and then and then you have Missouri State is weird. Like, that's a road game against a team that's sure. in the 60s in Ken Palm right now. I'm not saying BYU's going to lose it. I'm just saying that might be closer than you think. Ken Palm says three-point game. Creighton neutral, like you said. And then the Diamond Head, I think BYU's going to win the Diamond Head. Probably South Florida. Then you have Vanderbilt or Hawaii. And then you probably have Stanford. Stanford got blown out by Santa Clara. Okay, the West Coast Conference is better, but BYU is clearly the second-best team in the league. So it's very exciting. This team's playing great defense, uh, really good offense. Alex Barcelos playing like an All-American that he was an All-American last year, but he might actually be like a third-teamer this year, maybe a second-teamer. And uh, things are going well. It's really exciting. But again, I think we need to be careful not to think, okay, this is the new norm. Well, well, that was probably as well as BYU can play. Blowing out Oregon by 32, that was amazing. Absolutely. I just wonder how high BYU is going to climb in the AP poll when it's released early in the week. And because they did what they did against number 12 in a de facto roadside, I know it's going to go down as neutral, but come on, it's in Portland, Oregon. There were a majority of Ducks fans there, although they were very quiet and the BYU fans were loud for obvious reasons. I think BYU is a number 18 or number 19 team when the poll comes out. And I think that they have earned that. They've deserved it. What other team has challenged themselves the way that BYU has to start the season with Cleveland State, San Diego State, and Oregon on a neutral floor? I don't think that there is another team in the country that has played this difficult of a schedule. Does that sound familiar? We've been talking about this with football. Now basketball's paying it off, and they're reaping the rewards of doing what, by the percentages, is not likely. And they've started 3-0. But... Yeah, maybe maybe one loss in non-con play, two at worst, I think. That's that's pretty incredible for BYU basketball. Yeah, I, I said the same thing yesterday. I thought 18 or 19. Shep thought maybe 17, but it's going well right now. Let's keep it going, man. Uh, Mark Pope was a little tired last night from the late night and coming back. He was a little understated initially on the Pope show. I was like, where's the guy that exploded <laughs> with Spencer after the San Diego State game? But they, they worked hard on that one, and uh, our guy – our guy Chris Burke was on the front row of that game, man. Yes, he was. <laughs> you know what? Basketball was so good against Oregon that, strangely, BYU has the number 14 team in the country in football, which is generally king. Oh, yeah. And it was supplanted. It was just like, oh, oh yeah, there's this football game on Saturday as well. But let's focus on basketball. They were that good, and that's hard to do. But 
I'm in Georgia for a reason, Jerem, because BYU's trying to finish the season with 10 wins. <laughs> no, come on now. Our guy Michael Miner might be a little bit different there, but no concert for me. Okay, BYU football is trying to finish 10-2, and two, and it starts by beating the Georgia Southern Eagles on Saturday. Of course, that is at the top of the list of our rootables this week. BYU obviously has to win, but... Which needs to happen for BYU to climb in the rankings this week other than the Cougars winning? Let me line it out for you, Jeremy, and I want to get your thoughts on this. Aside from beating the Eagles, it starts with this, and I've listed these in terms of importance and priority. Kansas State hosts Baylor. Now, we, as in a BYU collective group, the Cougars, they need Kansas State to beat Baylor and hand the Bears a third loss thus vaulting BYU at two losses and giving them a little bit of a leeway because they wouldn't have the same number of losses as the Bears who have been playing so well and just beat Oklahoma. So Kansas State, 7-3. and three. That game was a toss-up according to our friends in Las Vegas. BYU needs the Wildcats to beat Baylor. Number two, and I know that a lot of people are going to hate this. I hate this. But you know what? It is what it is. Utah needs to beat Oregon. Because Oregon needs to be out of the top four, thus eliminating the Pac-12 from having two spots in the New Year's Six. They only need to have one team in the Rose Bowl. That would benefit BYU. So, yeah. I mean, they're they're going to play let's, again. Let's take it a doesn't break matter. Then, they're going to play again in the Pac-12 okay, championship. Well, it, won't, it doesn't matter. What's crazy to think about is Utah could lose to Oregon twice if the Ducks win out and stay in the college football playoff have a five-loss record and play in the Rose Bowl? Would the Rose Bowl do that? Would they opt for a team with five losses? They feel obligated to the Pac-12 for the most part. Yeah, the history there. Man, that is crazy. Okay, two more, and then uh, I'm interested to get your reaction overall. Iowa State at Oklahoma. Even if Oklahoma doesn't lose this week, they're going to lose again because they still have to play Oklahoma State, and I just feel like they do not have the swagger. Yeah, yeah. Yes, Awful defense. They're going to lose again. Oklahoma's going down. Hopefully it's this week against Iowa State. Get that one taken care of. And then Cincinnati needs to beat a pretty good SMU team to remain undefeated. BYU fans need to root for Cincinnati to keep winning, to be perfect, and have a shot at getting into the top four. Hopefully Oregon dropping out after they lose to Utah creates space for Cincinnati to climb into that number four spot. And then things really open up for BYU. Like everyone keeps saying, ah, BYU's probably got to be in the top 10 to get the spot. Strangely, as I've looked at all of the different scenarios, if BYU can climb up to 11, then there's a great shot for them to get into the Fiesta Bowl. Just get to number 11, which is three spots away. If those things that I just outlined happen this week, my friend, then BYU football could be in serious, serious business. And we could have some real fun over the new year. Yeah, we only have a couple weeks, right? Uh, two left in the regular season, plus the championship week after that. The end game being, BYU's got a shot at the New Year's Six. Now, I've never ruled out that there's a shot. I just don't think it's going to happen. Um, but I would love for it to happen. That'd be amazing. I would love for all of these things to play out. You're the Doctor Strange in Infinity War, <laughs> and you've gone through 14 million scenarios, and there's only one in which BYU... <laughs> actually gets into the new year six and it takes all of these things good stuff okay our question of the day thankfully the odds are a little bit better the odds are a little bit better (laughs) than dr strange's are they our question of the day (laughs) i think so has the three and oh start with a win over oregon change your expectations for byu basketball let's hear from you in voice of the nation this is the voice of the nation on byu sports nation Weigh in on Friendster and MySpace. 
at CL underscore living on Twitter. Of course, the 3 0 start has changed my expectations. Now I'm thinking they might get ranked higher than BYU football. Do you feel like basketball will get ranked higher than BYU football is right now? Oh, man. If they continue this trajectory, it just depends on where they show up in the initial poll next week. If they are like 18 or 19 and then they continue to win, like, yeah, we could have BYU basketball like number 10 or number 11 here in a few weeks, which is wild to think about because they've already made the statement early. So even though they're going to be beating primarily teams they should beat, they're on the radar, and if they just yeah. keep that undefeated record, they could be higher than BYU football in two weeks. Yeah, that, w- that would be incredible. I know Robbie McCombs put out something like uh, yesterday saying if BYU gets in the top 15 before January, it'd be the first time since like 93 or something because even that 2011 team, it took a wow. sec for th- them to get that high. But once they did, they stayed there for a long time, right? Okay, uh, continue to weigh in on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Coming up, Jerem, proof that BYU currently owns the Pac-12. Oh, you love to hear it, don't you? The proof is in our stat of the day specifically. And Gregor Bell joins us from Virginia to talk soccer, men's hoops, and football. This is BYU Sports Nation from Savannah, Georgia, and Provo, Utah. This portion of BYU Sports Nation is presented by Bodyguards. Protection for a life worth living. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Welcome back to BYU Sports Nation, BYU Soccer, taking on Alabama today, second round of the NCAA tournament, starting at 4 Eastern, 2 Mountain. Greg Rebell on the call locally, 107.9 FM, or nationally on the BYU Cougars website and app. Let's do this. Listen, you can get, if you don't have ESPN Plus already, they do a free seven-day trial, sync it up with the radio, best of both worlds, okay? That's what you need to do if you want to watch and consume this, listen to Greg Rebell on this. We'll join us in just a moment. Welcome back to BYU Sports Nation, live in Studio B in Provo, Utah, and near a river and a freeway in Savannah, Georgia, for Spencer. I want to correct myself on something I said. Robbie McCombs, vanquished foe, tweeted, if BYU hoops in the AP Top 15 in the next six weeks, it will be the first time they've been in the Top 15 before January of 81, not 93. So BYU can do something it hasn't done in 40 years. Um, in the next couple of weeks, if BYU can climb into the top 15 before January, which is just insane. All right, let's uh, bring in someone else from the Eastern Time Zone, uh, Charlottesville, Virginia. The voice of the Cougars, Greg Rebell, now joins us. Greg, is it true you stayed overnight at Bronco Mendenhall's guest house? <laughs> Not true. <laughs> no, but uh, <laughs> did uh, did get a few minutes uh, with Bronco after his practice uh, this morning, which was kind of cool. Um, we were in the neighborhood, right? BYU women's soccer was there for their game day walkthrough and football was going on uh, right next door. And so after practice and after their Thursday's hero, got a chance to say hi to Bronco because we actually didn't cross paths when they came to Provo. Um, when I was on the field, he wasn't yet on the field. When I'm in the booth, he's on the field. And, and so it never really, it never really synced up that way. But it was fun to, to see him again after a long time and, and say hey and, and see his team uh, carrying on the Thursday's hero tradition as well, which they began at BYU. And uh, really cool thing to see. Of course, Kalani's program carries on the tradition with the True Blue Hero. So both programs doing great things with the platform they've got to help enrich their communities. And it was just fun to be a, uh, an observer on that today too. 
Very cool. Greg Rubel with us. He's in Charlottesville, Virginia. I'm in Savannah, Georgia. This truly is BYU Sports Nation, Greg. And while you're in Virginia, let's talk about BYU women's soccer and the NCAA tournament. The Cougars, of course, want a rematch with Virginia at some point, but likely getting that means they have to beat Alabama today. How do BYU and the women's soccer team match up with what the Crimson Tide are going to put on the soccer pitch? Well, even though BYU's 0-2 against the SEC this year, uh, went on the road, lost at Auburn, lost at Arkansas, didn't play maybe their best matches in either, uh, I think Alabama's a little different deal. Uh, I, I think Alabama, not that they're just happy to be here, but uh, that was their first NCAA tournament win ever they picked up over the weekend at Clemson. It was their first away neutral win of the season as well. They've allowed more goals than, they, than they've scored. Uh they kind of view this weekend as a little bit of gravy and BYU is on a mission. You know, they, they want the rematch with Virginia. They want an elite eight. They want a first of a final four. The Cougars are marching and they're a juggernaut right now. Alabama is not that team. Alabama scores a decent amount, but not the kind of goals BYU scoring. Uh, they are a good defensive team. You know, they, they just shut out a high scoring Clemson club. Uh, Alabama is a legit defensive team, but the firepower is there for BYU. It really kind of isn't for Alabama. And again, the Cougars have a tournament pedigree. The Cougars are playing for their 20th NCAA tournament win this afternoon. Alabama just got its first ever a few days ago. Um, this Cougar team is driven. And, and you know, Coach Jan Rockwood's mantra, guys, um, you know, score early, score again. And that, you know, has to be the, uh, the, the MO today. You want to see an early goal scored against Alabama. Get them on the back foot, get them thinking catch up, and see what BYU can do in that instance. But uh, this is as good a BYU soccer team as I've ever called. Certainly, you have two career goal scorers in the 40s, which is unheard of. Um, you know, on the same roster, uh, it's kind of been, you know, peaking for Kayla and Cam to have this kind of run, and uh, hopefully it continues this afternoon. Yeah, it, it will. It's going to happen. Then BYU's going to have the matchup they wanted with Virginia, which is super exciting. We look forward to that coming up at 4 Eastern time on BYU Radio 107.9 FM and the BYU Cougars app. Let's talk men's hoops, Greg. What a game against Oregon on Tuesday night, like an all-timer. I consumed all nine minutes and 53 seconds of your highlights that night and everything else that happened because it was so fun. So we were talking about at 3-0 with those three wins and that performance against Oregon. Are your expectations adjusted up for this team? Yes, I now expect the first ever 4-0 start of the Mark Pope era <laughs> uh, as a result. So, no, I mean, you, you talk about, you talk about, you know, comprehensive start to finish, no lulls, just kind of keep it going kind of games for BYU. And that is like an all-timer. Uh, it's a good basketball team in Oregon. I mean, the rank, it's, it's tough to rank teams early. We don't really know what every team's going to look like, but you know, this is a team that is most often in the Sweet 16 every year, and 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 they're bringing enough back and, and preseason all-conference guys and won their first two games going away against decent opposition. Uh, it's a good basketball team you beat. It's a good basketball team you took apart on, on, on Tuesday night. So, yeah, you have to be thinking even bigger and better. And, I mean, you know, there, there's landmines all over the schedule. I do think that Oregon was the best team BYU will see until Gonzaga – but that said, you have all these in-state games still to play. Uh, you've got Creighton away from home. You got to go into Missouri State. There's enough landmines there to where, you know, on 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 the right night, anybody can get anybody. But uh, yeah, I, I think you have to look at what's happened in the first three games and and say, 
you know, BYU should be, you know, kind of penciled into the bracket right now. And let's see where high BYU can go in the rankings. Uh, certainly it'll be a top 25 team next week based on what they did uh, this past week. So you want Oregon to do really well now. You want San Diego State to do really well now. You want Cleveland State to play well in, in the horizon and make those wins really stand up. But uh, yeah, three tournament or three wins against three NCAA tournament teams from the spring. The defense is getting it done, guys. Uh, 60 points is the most allowed in any game so far for BYU. And, and Oregon didn't get to 50. And, and the Cougars hadn't been to 70 yet, and they slipped right past that to, to 81 on Tuesday night. And, and they're doing this, guys. You know, they, they've gotten some great performances from Alex Barcelo, like, like All-America-type efforts from Alex Barcelo. T. John Lucas is coming along. Second night is feeling his way forward. Uh, but there are you know, a few guys that have just gotten up to so-so starts. But you know they'll come back big and come back strong because they have – the reps in the past they have the games in the past so once this team starts getting everyone kind of playing closer to their potential you know sky is kind of the limit for this group right now because these are three really hard-earned wins by getting just enough from just enough of the right guys on those three nights to get three w's but they're an even better team than i think they've even shown through the first couple weeks greg because that win was so dominant against oregon i mean 32 point win just a dominating performance Jeremy and I are in are of the opinion that BYU is not just going to be a top 25 team, but probably a top 20 team. How high do you think BYU will enter the rankings when the new ones come out? I felt that it was, you know, worthy of, of something in the top 20. Uh, they were 29th, right, last week or this week in the AP poll. And, and there's enough variance early where you can see some pretty drastic shifts from one week to the next. It, it kind of felt like it, like you could find yourself in the top 20. Um, but certainly if, if kind of Oregon and BYU met in the middle, that might also be something to be expected as well. If, if, if they each drop and gain by the same amount, that might make a little bit of sense as well. Either way, uh, they're in the poll, and once you're in the poll, you're in the consciousness. You know, as long as you keep winning, string a few more games together. Um, you know, Mark Pope's been one of those guys that, that you know, when the team loses one, they rarely lose two. I think their first ever back-to-back -back losses came – Gonzaga, UCLA at the end of last year. So, you know, they, they, they rarely take themselves out of a position to be thought of once they take maybe an L. So this could be a situation where BYU kind of stays in the, in the national consciousness from a basketball standpoint, uh, you know, most of the year. I've noticed that the artwork has been good typically in the room that you stay in. Today it's very plain, Greg. I would like your thoughts on this. Yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a little more mundane than it was the last time I joined you. <laughs> Uh, as soon as I check into a room, first thing I think about is, is how it's going to play on TV, you know, and and I was a little bit disappointed when I checked in and, and this is what I had. But, you know, uh, as the kids say, it is what it is. And, um, you know, hopefully it's uh, hopefully I've made up, you know, for the, uh, for the for the drab decor. You know? Perhaps the question was too mundane. Let's finish with football. <laughs> BYU against Georgia Southern, obviously coming off a bye week and a Sunbelt opponent when BYU is ranked 14th. Vegas has a 20-point line. You expect BYU to roll, but what exactly do you want to see on Saturday as BYU prepares for, uh, of course, that game and USC, a big game to close out the regular season? Yeah, BYU's been a little bit out of sight, out of mind, right, for, for a couple of weeks um, between you know dropping down to FCS and, and having a bye week. And so you want to make a splash back, right? And, and, and you don't want to be too greedy, but you kind of want you know, something close to a perfect game. You know, don't turn the ball over. 
uh, score on most of your possessions, just look good and, and look um, like a team that's in the conversation, Spencer, and you were alluding to a few moments ago. You know, be in the New Year's Six mix by going out and doing to a team what you're expected to do. And so, you know, if the line is what it is, and you shared that a moment ago, you know, be better than that. Be dominant. Uh, be impressive. Uh, um, you know, Tyler Algier is a Doak Walker candidate now. Uh, you know, feed the rock and and let Tyler go to work and, and, and dominate a team that wants to, you know, probably limit your possessions and, and they play not, you know, traditional option football. You're not looking at uh, triple option or wishbone, but you're looking at one of those true um, ride and decide RPO feel, pull it and throw it kind of vibes each each snap. And 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 so, you know, BYU had a similar type game last year at, at, at Coastal Carolina, not the caliber of opposition, mind you, but that we have to travel a couple time zones away, take on an offense you don't normally see all the time. Cougs have to be sharp in that respect as well. Good stuff, Greg. We appreciate the time, man. Uh, best of luck figuring out how to get some decor in there uh, from the local stores. <laughs> and we look forward to the call at 4 Eastern time on BYU Radio, women's soccer. And, and soon enough, I'll, I'll be down uh, joining Spencer by the, uh, the forest and the freeway down there. Um, and we'll have uh, football on the weekend. <laughs> awesome. Thanks, Greg. Hey, this, see you guys. This just in, by the way, the athletic, uh, Eamon Brennan has ranked uh, the college basketball teams. He has BYU at nine. So Goodman at eight, <laughs> even Brennan of the Athletic BYU at nine. Holy shnikes. One win will do that at the beginning of the year, I suppose. Hey, let's go. Let's go, top ten. And for the record, I thought Greg's silence there was a, a consciously well-played move when you said, hey, what's your reaction to the decor? I thought he was just being silent to be funny. So maybe we should just go with that because there's nothing behind him. It was drab, <laughs> and his response was, I thought it was on point, Jerem. I can't but I tell, digress. I can't tell He's if there. he literally couldn't hear or if, <laughs> or if it was that. <laughs> <laughs> that was hilarious. Okay, coming up, we go back to BYU women's soccer. Cassidy Smith has been an outstanding goalkeeper for BYU, and she has been persistent. She had to wait a long time to get into position. See her amazing story in Deep Blue. And who's the second best BYU men's basketball player right now? And did Greg actually hear me? We'll discuss. This is BYU Sportsman. This portion of BYU Sports Nation is presented by Visible Supply Chain Management. 14th ranked BYU football headed to Georgia. They'll take on the Eagles of Georgia Southern on Saturday at 4 Eastern. Join us an hour before to get set with countdown to kickoff 3 Eastern. Everything you need to know about the matchup on BYU TV. Greg Rubel, of course, on the radio side will have the play-by-play -play of the game also starting at 4 Eastern. We're staying in Savannah. BYU's in Savannah. They'll travel to Statesboro. Don't forget, it's Statesboro where the Eagles are. Yeah, Savannah, good song by Reliant K, by the way. I am Jerem in Provo. He is Spencer in Savannah. You can always follow BYU Sports Nation as well on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, YouTube, and the TikTok. Let's whip it. Good Whip Round is presented by Visible Supply Chain Management, tackling America's most challenging shipping problems. All right, Jerem, let's start here. Ken Palm has BYU favored in the next 13 games. Will BYU go undefeated in that 13-game span? No, BYU will lose one or two of those. Yeah, I, I'm not exactly sure who to, but like Greg talked about and we talked about, uh, there's some challenging games on there still. Diamond Head and 
Missouri State and Utah and Utah State. So Creighton, of course, is the one that sticks out. Yeah, we'll see. It's just too fickle of a game, basketball, especially at the collegiate level. And you would just anticipate that at some point BYU doesn't have a great game. Things don't go well. They get some bad calls, whatever. Like, yeah, BYU's probably going to lose a game or two. If you get a win like Oregon, that means you'll have a loss like that. Like, there's too much good karma in that to not have one day where it just doesn't go your way. <laughs> Who's the second best hoops player for BYU right now? Right now, I think it's T. John Lucas, and it's taking him a few games to kind of find how he fits in with Alex Barcelo in this team, but I think we're just starting to see what he is capable of, Jerem, and I'm really excited about the prospect of him getting more and more comfortable with this BYU team, with Barcelo in the backcourt, and getting used to how Mark Pope wants him to utilize his specific skill set. Right now, T. John Lucas for me is trending to be the second best player on this team, and I think he should be because of all the experience he brings in. Yeah, he's played uh, a gajillion basketball games. Like, he's in his sixth college basketball season. <laughs> it's, it's crazy. Fusini Traore is, uh, you know, in the conversation, I think. He's, he's uh, fourth in points per game, first in boards, second in field goal percentage, third in minutes. Because Richard Harward's not playing, the growth for Traore is exponential. He's been incredible. He's finishing around the rim. He's blocking everything. It's been awesome, man. It's been sweet to see his development early in the year. Foosh. We're going to hear a it. lot of that in the Marriott Center. Love it. All right, Jaron, back to football. Tyler Algier was just listed as one of the semi-finalists for the Doak Walker Award. Very well deserved for what he has done against a tough schedule. And we're going to see Tyler on Saturday. My question is, will he be one of the three finalists when all is said and done with the Doak Walker Award? He's got a shot. I'm not sure. I hope so. Uh, I know that Kenneth Walker III from Michigan State will be on there. I'm not sure about the other two right now. I think BYU has to be 10-2, and two, and he has to have at least 20-plus touchdowns and still average at least 100 yards a game. So I think he needs to get, you know, 140-plus against Georgia Southern. If BYU blows the Eagles out by too much too quick, Tyler may not play much like he didn't against Idaho State. But he's seventh in the country in rushing yards, seventh in, at 116 a game, tied for first with Kenneth Walker III uh, in touchdowns. So those are the criteria for me. Sure, yeah. If he finishes around 1,500 yards for the season or above that and breaks the 20 touchdown plateau, again, against that schedule, man, he's got a great shot to be in the top three. It's not going to be the GOAT, though. That's still Luke. Still, that's still Luke for me. Uh, will BYU fans outnumber Georgia Southern fans on Saturday? Probably. Georgia Southern is 3-7. and seven. There's not a lot of hype around that team. They are anticipating a record crowd for BYU at Georgia Southern. And let's be honest, it's because BYU fans are buying up all those tickets. This will be a Las Vegas scenario against Arizona at the beginning of the season. BYU is going to dominate the crowd on Saturday. They'll be the loudest. Uh, yeah, it's, it's going to be a record crowd, and BYU fans are going to be a huge part of it. 25K is the record. All right, Jerem, after, yeah. yeah. after BYU women's basketball beat Arizona State, are we convinced that the BYU dominance over the Pac-12 has now officially extended to all sports? Yeah, yeah, because BYU hasn't lost to the Pac-12. BYU's tied <laughs> the Pac-12. Women's soccer did, but every other, it's 8-0-1. I mean, it's football, 4-0, it's basketball, 1-0, it's women's soccer with a couple, it's women's volleyball. Yeah! You're always not going to lose the Pac-12 
ever again! Wasn't it John Wilner that said, hey, good news, there's only one more game for Pac-12 teams against BYU men's basketball and one more in football, and then it's over. <laughs> That's the good news. <laughs> Women's hoops taking care of business yesterday, of course. Yeah, everything's awesome. Everything's awesome. All right. Now, Jerem, we do need to get to, uh, officially, the NCAA Women's Basketball Tournament extending things out to 68 teams. Isn't it about time yeah, 2011, the men did it. I don't know what, why it took 10 years, uh, but yeah, it's it's good. I'm happy. Yeah, I like it. I, I think it should be at 68, but I'm with you. You said earlier that you're interested about Selection Sunday. I kind of wish it was still on Monday, too, because I, I was engaged in that. Now it's just like sensory overload on Selection Sunday with so many teams. We'll be paying attention to BYU on the men's and women's side, obviously, but I kind of like Selection Monday like you. Does BYU soccer need to win tonight to validate the season? Do they have to get to the Sweet 16? I think they do because I know how badly they want the rematch with Virginia. And Virginia's probably going to win their second round game. They're the number one overall seed in the tournament, for crying out loud. I feel like they need to win this game to validate the season and give themselves a shot against the number one overall team and the team that knocked them out of the tournament in the spring. It's disappointing if they don't. It really is. Okay, how about this? Blaine Fowler, our good friend, his daughter Libby, is the understudy as Princess Diana in Diana the Musical on Broadway. Wow. Did Libby already surpass her old man Blaine in terms of life accomplishments? Well, listen, both of them are amazing backups who at times <laughs> will start, right, as the understudy. I think that's amazing. Um, no, equals. That's amazing. Yeah, the rich get richer. <laughs> the Fowlers, I, they're, it's, it's unbelievable what that family has done. I uh, just, they, they're the golden family. What can't and they do? I'm really you know? happy for Libby and I'm yeah. happy for Blaine, right? Yeah, we're, we're headed to New York after this. All right. Kevin Nixon tweeted the following yesterday, Jerem. Hey, at BYU Rock, me and Dalton Nixon land in Salt Lake City at 345 today. If you don't have any classes or whatnot, should the Rock have shown up for the Nixons? Uh, no, no, I don't think anyone showed up, so no. <laughs> okay, so we're taking, yeah, because, I mean, Nick. really the over-under was at like one and a half people showing up for them. Yeah. I'm, I'm with you, I'm going with the under. There was under one and a half people showing up specifically the for the Nixons at the airport. The line was half. It was whether anyone would be there. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right, coming up. Some well-deserved rise and shout-outs as we continue this nationwide tour. And Cassidy Smith's Deep Blue, it involves years of waiting and a fork. This is BYU Sports Nation. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Men's Hoops takes on Central Methodist Saturday, BYU Radio pregame, 8 Eastern. BYU TV's countdown to tip-off starts at 8.30 Eastern. We get you ready for BYU and Central Methodist Saturday. Welcome back to BYU Sports Nation from Studio B. Initially, there were no spots on the women's soccer team for aspiring goalie Cassidy Smith, but after securing a spot on the team, it took five years to start two. This is Deep Blue featuring Cassidy Smith, presented by Brady Industries. Simply better. BYU soccer players were my idols. I would come to camp and... I would talk about them nonstop. I had all their player cards, all the posters. 
They're just big role models for me, and I just saw how amazing they were, and I just wanted to be like them. Very end of my freshman year of high school, I injured my knee. It took me out for 11 months, had to get surgery, a piece of my femur bone broke off. The period that it happened was right in the prime recruiting period, right, as a sophomore, junior year of high school, and it brought an end to the recruiting. Called my dad, I think he was out of town at the time, and just cried to him. And he said, Cass, if this is what you want, you, like no's just a word. The next day I, I printed out my high school schedule, stapled it to a piece of cardboard, and then I stuck a fork in it. I wrote on the piece of paper, I said, I want to play for BYU so bad I can taste it. I remember receiving that in my office and taking it to my assistant, uh, Chris, who was our goalkeeper coach at the time, and, and just saying, wow, she's, she's fighting for this. She doesn't want uh, us to move forward without her. And, and so with that, you know, you always kept it in the back of our, of, of our mind of, hey, she's willing to do almost anything uh, to get our attention. I was told no, and then my younger sister, Ellie, they actually offered to Ellie um, a couple months later. And I was so excited for Ellie. She deserved it more than anyone. She's a baller in every sense. But that was hard. I remember just, it was the first taste of just being happy for someone else, right? So I'm going into my senior year. I had almost committed to BYU-Hawaii. That's where my sisters had gone. I remember going to my dad's office and just telling him, I was like, Dad, I, like, I don't know. I don't know what to do. She came to me and said, uh, Dad, I really want to go to the BYU camp this summer. And I said, Cass, you know, <laughs> that ship has sailed, right? I mean, it was a great, it was a great try and it was uh, a great idea, but they've already recruited for your year. We didn't know she was coming to camp that summer and she did such an unbelievable job that we're like, she's too good not to give her this opportunity. After day three, coaches pulled me aside and offered me a spot. And I went out to the IPF parking lot and called my, my mom and dad. Um, I was in Salt Lake with the other two of her sisters, their triplet sisters at the time when we got the phone call. And we, she was, it was hard to understand what she was saying. She was so excited and emotional, which we all quickly became as well. Still to this day, like the happiest day um, to reach a goal like that, right? Um, and my mom, like, she's like, what's wrong, right? Like, what's injured? What did you do? I go, no, mom, um, I'm going to play for BYU. I redshirted my freshman year, and by the end of that, I tear my labrum, my first labrum. And I didn't know it at first. It just hurt. It was on a shot, and find out two months later that it was torn and I need surgery. That particular injury and surgery is a hard one to recover from because they put you in that big brace and uh, you're not allowed to run for months. It's like six months. You can't even, you know, get on a treadmill or jog. And then I come back after nine months. It took me a while to get in the swings. And then three months later, I'm in a spring game against UCLA and block a shot. And immediately my shoulder's gone. I remember walking off the field and being like, are you serious? That tear just felt overwhelming that it we couldn't believe that after uh, her nine months and then being cleared for three months strong ready to go this happens and she has to start over recovery all over again fast forward i i mean i lost the starting spot i battled for it coming back from that injury and 
tried my best. Coaches went with a different route. Um, Sabrina was the one that played above me. She's amazing, like one of my best friends. Definitely wasn't easy, and wasn't easy on our relationship for sure, but I'm so grateful for her and what she's taught me. She was a phenomenal goalkeeper. I think the fact that uh, Cass didn't become the number one goalkeeper allowed her to help push Sabrina to, that became uh, you know, a phenomenal goalkeeper for us for her junior and senior year. And then it's allowed Cass to be, you know, I think probably even a better leader. I got two weeks into my spring season after she left and started to feel my shoulder slipping again. And sure enough, um, tore that one after two weeks coming back. And again, I was saying, no way. And so I just decided I was gonna gut it out. I was gonna play and see what my shoulder would give me. Been rehabbing it for a year and a half now, just trying to get the most out of my VOU experience. I wasn't gonna let a shoulder stop me. The girls take good care of Cass, and, um, and you can kind of tell we're at the point now where you can tell when her shoulder's popped out, and the girls know what to do to try and pop it back in. Cass has learned to live with a lot of pain, um, but she loves the game. She wants to be the best for herself and for her teammates and, and ultimately for the program to, to represent. And uh, she's done a lot in that, in that sense. All growing up, these girls, they idolized these, these BYU women's soccer players. Um, they were mentors to them and they looked up to them. And, and then to find herself in that role, uh, she's the one on the posters. She's the one uh, where they're reading her quotes and, and asking for her, her signature. And I think for her, it's added just a whole other dimension uh, to participating on this team and in this sport. Just because I'm out for nine months and I can't be playing soccer and doing what I love, like, doesn't mean my life isn't good. That kind of became my mantra through the next seven years was my life is good. And I truly believe that there is good things to find um, in whatever situation we're in. And I found it here at BYU. Great story on Cassidy Smith. BYU and Alabama, 4 Eastern today in the NCAA tournament. Coming up, the elite voice of the day. And a rise and shout out, this is BYU Sports Nation. This portion of BYU Sports Nation is presented by Mountain America the official credit union of BYU Athletics. BYU Sports Nation is always available on demand via the free BYU TV and BYU Radio app. Beautiful look at Savannah, Georgia. Reminder to download the podcast. Just Google BYU Sports Nation podcast. Don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review the show. Our question of the day is the 3-0 start with the win over Oregon. Change your expectation for BYU men's basketball. Our elite voice of the day is presented by Sundance Mountain Resort at UT Perkins on Instagram. Trashing a very good Oregon team on the road makes me think this team could be a Sweet 16 team <laughs> if they stay healthy and continue to improve. Woo! I mean, if BYU performs like that consistently, yeah, it, it's Sweet 16 for sure. But I'm not sure that's going to be the consistent performance. That was probably the best BYU can do. It was pretty good. Um, by the way, what river is that right next to you? Uh, I have not done the research on that, Jerem. Later. Do, do we know... Th- it's a, pond. it's a pond. I'm told it's oh, a it's pond. Oh, it's a pond. So it's, it's not, not even a river. a river. You know what? Who cares? It's a pond. Yeah. Okay. Today's Rise and Shoutouts <laughs> are presented by Mountain America, the official credit union of BYU Athletics. Now, how about this? Brian Ducher tweets out just an incredible story that Cougar Nation has taken hold of. He said, how awesome was it seeing the Cougars love and respect Jack Troxel battling cancer and then thumping the Nike out of Oregon as well? He's in the locker room. He's with the team on the court. 
I just, I loved every bit of this, Jerem, and I, this is some of the best investigative uh, journalism that you've done in your time at BYU. Listen, Cougar Nation has responded to a simple tweet where I said, shout out to this kid, Who? what's the story here? Um, so great to have Jack, and back-to-back rising shout outs, by the way, yesterday and today. Super cool that the team embraced him. Mark Pope talked about Jack and his story a little bit uh, yesterday. We're, we're wishing the best for Jack. He's a warrior, man. We're, we're with you, brother. I also want to mention uh, Derwin Gray. Yesterday I recorded a Deep Blue podcast that will come out in the next several weeks with the doctor, the pastor, the author. Derwin Gray said, so yeah, it looks like Mr. Boots wanted, wants to do this interview with, with me and Jerem Jordan. Boots kept walking across the screen. We were just recording audio, so it's all good, but Boots just chilling on the desk there. I like that, man. <laughs> okay, thanks to today's hey, guest, Gregor Bell. Hey, come on. cat needs some love, too. Absolutely. And uh, do we have time for Dennis, Jerem? No. Okay. Ran out of time. Conversation continues 24-7 on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Hashtag BYUSN. For Spencer, I'm Jerem. Shout out to Alicia Rose. We'll see you on the radio for women's soccer at 4 Eastern versus Alabama in the NCAA tournament second round today. Go Cougs!